0: Hi everyone, it's me, John Prile. In this episode, we're going to do something a little different. We're going to be talking to a large bank. Yes, a large bank. Why? Well, we we'll are talking with two technical leaders of Scotiabank to highlight how some of the technology trends we've been focusing on have so much impact on every industry. We're going to find out how a large bank views and works with startups. We'll get a sense of their unique partnerships and even how, in, in my opinion, They can be cool to the techies they'd like to hire. We think you'll find it interesting. Welcome to the Impact Podcast. Today, we'll be talking with Kyle McNamara, EVP and Co-Head of Technology at Scotiabay, along with Doobie Cunningham. She is the VP of Innovation and is a key part of something they're calling the Digital Factory which is a new compilation of teams focused on designing and delivering digital solutions for Scotiabank's millions of customers. Kyle, why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about Scotiabank.
1: So we're an international bank, we have presence in 55 different markets, we have about 23 million clients, and uh, we're the third largest bank in Canada.
0: So we are seeing a variety of interesting and and leading-edge projects coming out of many banks, including some of the really large ones. So Kyle, would you please go deeper now into the digital factory
1: for us? So the Digital Factory, we've just introduced it as of October of last year and we're actually moving into new real estate towards the end of of this year and it's going to be an organization that's about 400 people in Toronto. What we're going to do is we're going to be launching projects that are going to have a significant impact on our customer experience focused in on the digital domain. So then
0: what were some of the key drivers that affected your decision process?
1: The context for the digital factory is really a a bunch of things have transpired over the last number of years. First, customer expectations have changed dramatically. Technology has made more things possible, and we, we all know that. And data, and data and our ability to leverage data to meet our customer expectations needs, the availability of data has grown dramatically. And then on top of it, the competition's changed. There's new entrants into the marketplace, and we're really upping our game with respect to the digital factory.
0: So you touched a bit on data. That's obviously an important starting point, but where do you go from there?
1: Yeah, the important thing is for us to be able to leverage that information to meet our customer needs. So all of our customers have financial goals. You know, it might be saving for their child's education. It might be saving for retirement. It might be to make that first home purchase, the first auto purchase, whatever it might be. Everyone's got financial objectives. And then as an organization and banks in general have a lot of information about their customers. And you know, collectively, we haven't done enough to untap that information That's what we're really focused in on, those applications of analytics that are going to help meet our customer needs we take a use case type approach. So we've got an inventory of all the different use cases that we're trying to focus in on. And those are prioritized about how does it meet our customer needs? They come to the top of the list. There'd be some other ones around investigating for kind of the needle in the haystack type situation, maybe around any money laundering or, or other use cases like that. But an awful lot of them are focused in on our customer needs. And defining the use case, Defining the data required and defining how we're going to evolve that use case is a really key area of focus
0: for us. All right. So doing all this is going to take a lot of specialized skills. What kind of people are you looking for? So the kinds of skills that we're looking for to
1: support that include developers, obviously, designers, data scientists, um, uh scrum masters people familiar with the agile methodology that we're driving through that organization there's an awful lot of skills skills that we're we're in the actively in the marketplace looking for and then we're also spending a huge amount of time and money training our existing scotia bank employee base on those same types of skills and we have built
0: up a tremendous amount of momentum so as I mentioned at the, at the beginning of this podcast, I think it's important to point out that Scotiabank isn't taking this huge undertaking on by itself and that you work with others. You, you partner with third parties. The most significant might be Cabbage. Doobie, can you tell us about this?
2: Yeah, well, we recently announced a platform called we're calling FastLine for Business. And it's going to be a platform that will allow customers in Canada and New Mexico to apply for and access small business loans in as little as seven minutes. So we chose Cabot because uh, they have their expertise in online small business lending. And it's really an amazing first for us as a bank in, in Canada. You may remember that last fall we invested in Cabbage after seeing them as an opportunity to change the way we uh, let our customers bank with us. And to support this, we rolled out two Rapid Labs in the digital factory, one here in Canada another one in Mexico.
0: I'd like to dig a bit more if I can. Uh, What then would be the selection process? What are you looking for when you're trying to find the fintech companies that you can partner with?
2: There's three ingredients that make these firms really successful and and one is an understanding of the market and the business that they're trying to uh, trying to achieve something and and the other is technology so do they have a strong technology platform and understanding how to build resilient you know bank grade systems and and the third is how to market themselves and how to how to sell their their vision so when looking to partner with with these with this fintech, so fintechs, we'd be looking for those three in, ingredients. That, that, that's usually a recipe for for success. And and we find that when we work with these startups and these firms, that sometimes we have to you know help them along in one of these three categories to make the partnership work.
0: Great. So partnering is one thing; it's important, and it's great that you're doing it. Uh, Now, Kyle, as you look over the product offerings, kind of the portfolio product offerings that Scotiabank has, uh, what else can you add then to this decision process? Yeah, well, we go through a categorization.
1: First, we look at what we're actually trying to achieve. And then we go through and we look at whether or not we should build, whether or not we should buy, and whether or not we should partner. And it's not an an either or. In certain cases, it's a combination of. And we've done done all of them. We've built our own use cases when we've looked in the marketplace and there wasn't anything available. We've partnered, and we just kind of highlighted that we've partnered with Cabbage as an example. And then we've also bought technology. And we bought technology from some of the large vendors. And we've also bought technology from small vendors as well to leverage those capabilities capabilities. So we're completely open across all those uh, three dimensions. And we actually try not to be too prescriptive in advance on which one we're going to focus in on. Start
0: with the business problem and then work backwards. As banking continues to evolve, uh, can you give me an example of something that you might focus on now? A big focus
1: for us is simplifying the onboarding process, as an example. So making it easier to interact with us and making it easier to sign up for for one of our products. And so we'd look for partners that can help fulfill that. And that might be in terms of simplifying the authentication so we can identify who the customer is in a more simpler way. It might be with respect to the product offering. But it's really to simplify the customer experience, to make it easier to do business with us us And then
0: to surprise and delight the customer. I'd like to step back then and have a conversation about what's changed, what's new. Kyle, let's let's start with mobile and why mobile is so important now.
1: I think what we've got to do is we've got to be where customers are, and customers are moving to the mobile and online channel. And we're seeing dramatic growth in mobile and online. We're seeing that's where our customers are. Right? And it's no different than any other industry. Like every organization in the world right now is pivoting towards a mobile-first strategy. You can see it from the big players, obviously, the Apples and the Googles and so on. But you can also see it from the banks. And we see it within our own internal numbers. We see the number of new clients and the interactions. And it goes from simple interactions to quickly checking your balance so you can actually make a purchase or maybe have a, looking to see if you have available credit at, right, at, right in the store, to the more complicated actually signing up for a product or investigating the product and doing some research in advance of actually getting that product. So we're going where our customers are and, and they're focused more and more of their time in mobile and you can see that right across the board.
0: And whether it's the cabbage, you need to really make sure you kind of own that back end and own that long-term relationship. I learn a lot about this space by looking at my kids, my millennial kids. Uh, I'd never heard of Venmo before, but my daughter says that's how she's moving money in a, in a peer-to-peer manner. Uh, I, I often think about how they'll do long-term investments uh, that I don't know that they'll be having the same type of strategies that I do with some some large bank uh, kind of behind the scenes for me that I'm I'm expecting to see more machine learning and more robo advisors. So how do you make sure the bank kind of stays in the middle of all this?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mobile, one of the ways is we constantly scan the marketplace. That partnership with Cabbage I think is an awesome example. I think like We've taken a process that was, you know, by our own admission, a little too complicated. And we've taken it and we've simplified it. So from the time you apply to the time you actually have funding in your account, seven minutes. That's amazing. And so simplifying the process like that, and and what we were able to do is we were able to actually leverage a fintech that's out there, has great technology, and bring it in house. We've got the things that do be highlighted, like uh, the scale and the 23 million clients and the understanding of the small business market in Canada and Mexico and in other countries, are able to create that partnership. So that's a big part. We've got to just make sure that we're scanning the marketplace to understand what's available and also recognizing what our customer needs are and combining those two things.
0: Nice. So let's stay a little bit on the technology point. Uh, clearly, one of the enablers that you know maybe started out in terms of uh, all the hype around Bitcoin, but really the underlying infrastructure of blockchain is that much more important. And we're beginning to see different applications of blockchain. How, uh, Duby, how do you see blockchain and some of the key uh, technologies around that affecting uh, your business?
2: Blockchain is arguably the most significant innovation of, of recent times. It has the potential to impact everything from deposits to, to credit cards to foreign exchange trading. There's a lot of activity and investment uh, around blockchain, and we're very excited to see how it uh, develops.
1: I, I also think with blockchain, is what you get is you've got a permanent record. And so you've got all these interactions with, with, with your clients. And you know, specifically, if it's within a trusted network, it's, well, you've got all that history. And it actually makes going through all of those transactions to do the, the analytics
0: on how money's moving a lot simpler. No matter which of our thesis areas we focus on, we always seem to come back to issues of privacy, trust, and now even ethics. Doobie, can you comment a bit on how blockchain might or might not affect these areas?
2: Well, in terms of privacy and security, nothing changes for us as a, as a bank. Um, you know, privacy is, is of utmost importance to us, and our, our customers rely on the bank to protect their privacy. It's one of the cornerstones of our relationship. So we will, although we will use blockchain, um, nothing in, in terms of the customer's privacy uh, will, will change, really.
0: That's great. So one thing that did bring Georgia Partners and Scotia Bank together... Uh, was that both of our companies are engaged with a wonderful project called Ladies Learning Code. Kyle, can you take us through your thinking on this important cause?
1: Yeah, I, I think for us, John, like if we, if we look at kind of a macro level, what we've got to do is we've got to create a, a better pipeline of women professionals entering into technology. We have to, within our organization, you know, create a better pipeline of of, uh, of, of leaders, future leaders, female uh, technology leaders. And we're starting from ground zero with ladies learning code, like getting kids out of school engaged in technology because they've got a large program with respect to kids learning code with a, with a focus in on all kids, but, um, but, you know, partially on the, uh, the, the, the female population, you know, girls like my daughter who's 16, and uh, I'm trying to get her as involved as, as possible to get her interested and excited about it. And she's got all sorts of different ideas on how to leverage technology to, you know, kind of achieve what she wants to achieve. But that's what we're trying to do is create a pipeline of young ladies who are excited about technology and
0: want to enter technology as a profession. That's a great message to end with, and thanks to you both. So what does all this mean to you, the listener? Why this podcast? Because we wanted you, our audience of leaders and startups, to recognize that while you're out there disrupting some incumbents, they're also out there scrapping and fighting to add more value to their vast set of customers, sometimes with you, sometimes without you. But that's what business is all about, and that's why we all love our jobs. Thanks for listening. to the Impact Podcast, I'm John Pryor.